ever planning your wedding? Are you planning it right now and thinking, why is this so stressful? You're not alone. With budgets to juggle, big plans to make, and friends and family to keep happy, wedding planning has become less about fun and more about work. Wedded Wellness is here to provide health and wellness tools to ease your stress and create routines that enable you to remain calm and strong on your big day and beyond. Because stress will always be with us. And what better than to cultivate wellness and identify your best self as you move into any stage of life. This is the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Hey y'all, happy almost May everyone. It's Ashley, your host here. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Hey pals, how are you doing? <laughs> like, are you doing okay? I know, I know you can't really answer me through the podcast, but I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing out a big check-in, hoping maybe some of you will let me know via Instagram or something. Just, you know, no, no reminder needed here that we are in weird times. But you know, yeah, just checking in. Hope you're feeling okay. I'm starting to get used to this weirdly. <laughs> yeah. Um, today's guest has been so helpful to me in a lot of ways, not even, you know, just now, but before this quarantine and, and fear started to creep in, um, because she's helped me to understand more about what's happening in my own mind and know that I'm not crazy. Like I'm just a normal human being that has normal thoughts and a, and a really, you know, advanced brain like F, all of us do. So April Cypher, today's guest, is just a wealth of knowledge on what I call self-care, um, but it's not what you might expect. You know, self-care, in April's opinion and my opinion, takes some work on your end, a little self-study to truly identify what practices and routines and habits in your life make you feel good. And on on the flip side of that, what doesn't make you feel very good? We joke a little about this, um, but she mentions that there's, I mean, there's no pedicure that is going to help even out the stress level that we're going through right now. Like there's no bubble bath that can make that happen. It might be a help for a little bit, but ultimately the big self-care practices are a lot more simple and they're a lot more personal. Um, April is a psychologist. She is the co-founder of Peak Mind Psychology. She's the host of the podcast Building Psychological Strength. And with such an amazing resume, you'd think that she'd be kind of boring. (laughs) No, she is so fun. Um, she delivers this information in such an accessible and, you know, kind of even a funny way. I'm excited for you to to dive in, to meet her via this episode. Um, it's a good one. Check out the show notes to learn more about April and her offerings with Peak Mind Psychology right now because she's offering free workshops twice a week and they're really, really helpful. I'm enjoying them quite a bit. Um, Finally, before we get started, I wanted to just read a recent review and thank the listener for taking the time to do this because, I mean, it made my day and it helps this small business that this podcast so, so much. Here's what it says. I love Ashley's holistic approach to wellness. Focusing on staying sane during what is an incredibly busy and stressful time of life is necessary and so needed, but she doesn't just focus on weddings. The information she shares can be used by anyone seeking a better balance in their life in any area well beyond the wedding day. She's very engaging to listen to, and I love the unique topics of her podcast. I highly recommend. Thank you, Rachel834783, for leaving such an awesome review. I appreciate it a lot. Um, Listeners, if you have the time, consider leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps this small business out. All right, enough chatter from me. Let's get to this great episode with April Seifert. 
Thanks for being on the show today, April. I'm so, so glad you're here. Thanks for carving time out of your day. Oh my gosh. This is like the best hour of my day. I'm so excited. <laughs> same, same. Um, so everyone, April is an extremely accomplished psychologist. She is an entrepreneur. She is a mom and she also happens to be the mother of my daughter's best friend. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I think we met when they ran up on the playground and we're like, we're going to play at each other's house. I was like, hi, should we exchange numbers? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think this is so funny that like little girls, and I, I'm sure this is true of boys too, but we all have girls, um, are so good at like seeking out that matching energy. Like, and I, and mm -hmm. that's true. I think of like their moms, like, this is cool. Like, should we be friends? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> So I'm really glad to, to chat with you, April, on a friend level, but also um, you have such good information and honestly have been kind of keeping me sane through this quarantine process. Mm. Um, all the amazing resources that you're putting out there right now. Yeah, it's amazing. So thank you for doing that. Mm, absolutely. It's, uh, it's definitely our pleasure and it's our way of doing something meaningful and serving with, you know, just some expertise and background that we have that can really help right now. Yeah. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, how you got into psychology, but more so into this work with Peak Mind um, and how it's really helping right now in this time where we need to be psychologically strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really the, the combination of a couple of things. One is training and two is life experience. So, um, we'll start with the training part because that's easier. You can just like check those boxes. Um, I have a PhD in social cognitive psychology. So that is the branch of psychology. If you take it back to front, um, it's psychology, which people know what that is. It's a study of the mind and, uh, mental processes, et cetera. Um, the, cognitive part of it is I studied the way that people encode and store and use information. And then the social part is it's information about people and social settings. So how do we interact with the world based on and from a perspective of the way that we've encoded past information. What have we learned? So there's a very big neuroplasticity uh, uh, side to the work that I do. There's a very big um, component of involuntary or, or subconscious thought. Uh, which makes up a large proportion of the cognitive processes that we have in a day. It's about 80%. And then the way that that influences our behavior, leading to about 40% of our behavior being involuntary. So if you think about it from that perspective, a lot of us, if left unchecked, if we just go down the default path and we don't use psychology and life design, which I'm sure we'll get into, if we don't use that a really big proportion of this one single life that we have is dictated for us by default and is run on autopilot. And that's terrifying to me. So that's kind of the expertise and the, um, you know, training side of things. On the personal side, um, this all, and you can probably tell by the way that I describe this one precious life that we have, if there's one thing that I'm more passionate about than anything else, it is that. It's that we get to be here once. We're on this finite journey. It is this destinationless journey. And we have this ability to craft the experience that we have. Time is the most non-renewable resource on the planet. 
and we've been given the gift of it. And I, you know, I developed that sense of just gratitude and sense of urgency for life because, um, you know, if you look into my past, my dad passed away when I was 11 from cancer. He spent five years battling cancer, which is a very long cancer fight. Mm, It was really difficult for our family. Um, And that was my first face-to-face meeting with mortality and what it means to not be here anymore. Um, And after that, I started to get sick. I went blind a couple of times and was paralyzed a bunch of times and lost feeling in my body. You name it. I mean, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which I've lived with for 25 years. Um, It's an extremely uh, ambiguous, uncertain, really scary diagnosis. But here's the thing. When you take a psychology and a life design perspective, you really say, here I am. I'm still here. I still have this gift of life. I still have this gift of time. What are you going to do about it? Take responsibility. What are you going to do about it to have the best life experience that you can? Because here you are, and here's the the hand of cards that you've been dealt make the best of them. What can you do with it? So I'm a big proponent of personal responsibility. I'm a big proponent of uh, self-awareness and working on that. Um, I'm probably going to soapbox on those at some point today, (laughs) (laughs) but that's kind of the background. Thank you. That's Oh, this is such a good conversation to be having right now because like you're talking about with this, we have finite time and we can choose to live in our, I don't know, our angst about crappy situations. Like, I mean, like you've dealt with death and, and health challenges. And we can also choose to turn around and pick it up and keep going and like make the best of these situations. So Oh, I can't wait to dive into that. What does your life look like right now um, with, with this whole quarantine situation? I think it helps for all of us to like visualize just a little bit that like you sound so with it and also we're all in this together. You know what I mean? Oh man, I'm with it because I showered today. <laughs> I made coffee this morning and I drank it. I am like adulting like a real grown-up person. No, it's challenging. Um, so our... Uh, home situation. I have, um, my husband is an ER physician. So what's important to note there is that he is in a unique situation. Us being in Minneapolis, it means that our surge hasn't hit yet. So the experience he's having is going to work every day. And um, if any of your listeners have ever seen uh, Game of Thrones, there was one of the scariest parts of that uh, series was when winter was coming. Winter wasn't here yet but they were just sitting and waiting for it to come. Mm -hmm. And that's the position my husband and his coworkers are in right now. So he's an ER physician. Something else that's notable about that, just to make sure that everybody understands, like we are, we're in it with you. Like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, The shift work piece of this is no joke. So he is flipping around from working days to evenings to nights to backup shifts to these weird, like getting called in randomly. Like I was in my running clothes, getting ready to go run with my daughter in the stroller. And he's like, take them off, come back in. He's like, I'm getting called in. Like that um, nature of just having things be really volatile is something that we're living with right now. Um, I have 
two daughters. One is four years old, who is your daughter's good friend. Actually, they're, <laughs> they're all like this little girl crew, but yeah. <laughs> um, one who is four years old and one who is 20 months. Um, so they're at home with us now with all of the challenge and crazy. I literally did a podcast interview on someone else's podcast this morning with my daughter in the room doing a worksheet about the letter Q while we were doing that. Wow. Um, I'm impressed with that. <laughs> man. <laughs> and then myself, I run a couple of businesses. One is called Sprocket. We do data science and customer experience work. Um, and customer insight work, and then uh, the work that I'm doing with Peak Mind. So it's really busy and it's crazy, and we're trying to juggle through it. But that's the point, right? Like everybody's life has competing responsibilities, everybody has a lot on their plate. And chances are, it's not like you can quit your job or decide to not interact with your spouse or not be a parent today. You have to do something like build psychological strength and practice life design, you do those things so that you can weather these times a little bit better and keep yourself more centered and show up better, even though you can't get rid of some of that responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, you're, you're so practicing what you preach and what you teach. And while still being I mean, in the throes of this, I think we're all like every day, just like, okay, what's going to happen next? But mm-hmm. you know, the, this whole practice, let's talk a little bit about about life design specifically, because I think right now, at least I'm experiencing, I have this time to like kind of assess Mm -hmm. the things that I don't want in my life. And sometimes it's like activities and sometimes it's things and sometimes it's people. Um, Can you just talk about life design and like what that means? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A couple of things. So think about a product that you love, like one that you love, like it would just kill you if it was taken away. Maybe it's your iPhone. Maybe it's your instant pot. Everybody knows that weird instant pot friend, right? That like makes everything in there. Some type of product that you just adore and uh, I mean, love everything about it. Chances are that product was designed using the human centered design process. And this means that in designing a product, You think about who are the users as human beings? What do they value? What does their life look like? What are their barriers? What are their aspirations? What do they want to be able to do and say? And how do they want to feel? And you take all of that into account and then you design a product for those people. So the Instant Pot is designed for really busy moms who still want to be able to deliver healthy, tasty food but they're doing it in the cracks of a modern, busy lifestyle. So you still want to feel accomplished. You still want to feel like you're feeding your family good food, but you have to do it in a way that it is not adding additional frazzle to your life. And they nailed it. So I say all that because that same process that creates these products that people just adore, that's the process that we use in life design, but we sort of turn it on its head and say, we're not designing a product. We're designing your life experience. How do we get to know you? You, and this is where it gets a little controversial. And so I'll just say that at the outset. I'll say a couple of things that are probably a little controversial, but this (laughs) is one of them. Um, You are at the center of your life. You and only you. Your kids have their own lives. Your spouse has their own, like his or her own life. Your friends, your family. We are all 100% responsibility for our, responsible for our one experience. 
And if you take that approach, you start to see how getting to know yourself your strengths, weaknesses, what you look like at your best, your aspirations, the emotions you want to have, the circumstances that surround all of those things, when you get to know that person really well, it starts to become clear how you can make shifts in your life to make that better version of you more likely to show up and make that more difficult version of you less likely to show up. Now, I want to elaborate one more thing before I stop yapping. Um, You know, one of the first knee-jerk reactions that people have is to say, well, no, but I have these close people in my life. It's an amazing thing to realize that we have a lot of control over our own lives and the experience that we have, but ultimately it is that other person who has to, and in the case of our kids, right, we're both teaching girls that are around the same age, one of my biggest goals is for them to learn is to learn that they are responsible for their own life. It is not my job to constantly make you happy. What would make you happy in this moment? Like helping them cultivate that. And the second bit of pushback I get is around the responsibility piece, taking 100% responsibility for 100% of the situations you find yourself in. People are very quick to say, but no, no, no. I've experienced hardship. My spouse left me. These things happen, and you're right. Those things do happen. Difficult things do happen, and they're not your fault, and you're not to blame. That's different. But here you are. You are responsible for what you do going forward, and that's the distinction. It's not fault. It's not blame, but it's a forward-looking way of saying, I'm going to take responsibility for what my next step is. So that's a very long-winded way of explaining what life design is. Mm-hmm. The center focus around yourself, it's interesting because is that a new, con- I mean, a newer concept? Because I feel like when, say, my parents were raising me, it was about me. Everything was about the kids. And, and like, I feel like more and more now, and maybe it's because I surround myself with people that like are thinking (laughs) in the same way that I am are, are like, you know what, first and foremost, I need to take care of my person of me first so that when I show up for my family and I show up for my spouse and my kids, I am the best version of myself. Um, like, what do you, do you have any thoughts on like how this has come about? I think it's a, I think it's a response to what happened as a result of our parents' generation. Think about like our moms, right? Our moms were part of that generation where they really began to have many more opportunities than the women before them. So, um, you know, equal rights started happening and, you know, women got the right to vote and could, uh, own property and have bank accounts and all of that stuff that comes with it. But what didn't happen is, so we, we gained a lot of opportunity to have responsibility for things like earning money and providing outside of the home, but we didn't give up any of the stuff that we were doing inside the home. So what we did is we piled on rather than redistributing. And by piling on and we're still focusing on our kids and we're focusing on our spouse, we're focusing on our home and we're focusing on all these exterior things, 
I believe that we did it to our own detriment. And you can only do that for so long. People can only white knuckle a situation for so long before they break. And somewhere a crack forms in the dam and things start to leak. And I think that's what we started to see, you know, in the past decade or so is women saying, no, this is too much. Like no one's brain should feel like this. No one's day-to-day experience should be like this. Absolutely not. Like if I, like I am a human being, I am a human animal being, which means that I have very basic needs to keep this body of mine going, right? Like Mm -hmm. eat, sleep, drink water and exercise, which sounds obvious, but I mean, realistically, people listening to this, how many of you get that regularly? How many glasses of water have you drank today? Be honest. Not enough, probably, because you're busy and you're running around, right? We have basic biological needs. We have basic social needs. We have basic spiritual needs. We have basic mental needs. And we started to recognize that because you can only deprive for so long. And I think the cracks started to form in the foundation. And what we're seeing now is a little bit of a pushback, like, no, I am better when I focus a little bit on meeting my own needs. I am a better person at being with my kids and everyone else in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the whole planning your, your wedding, right? This one mm-hmm. day, but also planning your partnership, your life as a, as a family, whatever form your family looks like. And that having yourself in the focus, having that self-care mentality. And, and mm-hmm. I know you have a lot of awesome thoughts about self-care too, which I want to dive into, but having that be at the forefront of the conversation and using the ridiculously stressful kind of weird time of wedding planning to be your, like your trial at this, like, you know what I need to, I'm going to put this down tonight. I'm going to stop answering emails and making phone calls. And I'm going to go to bed because I'm tired. Like Mm -hmm. sounds so crazy. Right. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. actually is not crazy at all. And, um, yeah, it's like you, you are giving permission for those of us that just want to do all the things to pick the things that we really need to do so that we can be good at all the things at the end of the day. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that idea of self-care and, and like, you know, you've got some great tools um, that will direct listeners to um, around life design and like starting this conversation, starting to think about what it means to to truly take care of ourselves, to think about what we need and what we want on a day-to-day basis. Um, will you talk a little bit about like your, your thoughts around self-care and like what that truly means, maybe even in the context of right now when we're at mm-hmm. home and we are kind of doing all the things? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my view on self-care is that uh, if you Google it, Or if you go on Instagram, what you typically see is things like um, face masks and bubble baths and manicures. And I'm going to tell you, as a mom who has 
the mental list that I'm sure all of you have, right? The list of things that need to get done, appointments that need to be rescheduled, things you need to buy, stuff not to forget, events that are coming up, birthday things that are happening. And you're running all of this that's all running in the back of your mind while you're trying to juggle the eight things that you're doing during the day and make sure everybody had their fourth peanut butter sandwich and that everybody is set up for their next learning module and all of that plus your job, right? You have all of that going there is not a manicure good enough to calm that mind down. <laughs> there isn't. I don't care. It could be one of those amazing like gel, um, like hand painted on deep, like beautiful, like, Im like, no, there's not a manicure <laughs> good enough to calm that mind down. So for me, self-care is not about doing, and I, I say the same thing about morning routines. It's not about doing the things that people out there are telling you, you should do. It's about, and here's where we're going to get life designing again. It's about thinking about yourself, what your strengths are. If you're being totally honest, what your weaknesses are, what you're just not good at. What do you look like when you are at your best? And what do you like, how do you want to feel? And what do you want to accomplish during the day? Having all of that in mind, get that all down on one piece of paper and start to look for some connections between them. Then I want you to think about the activities that are likely to put you in that state of mind. So for me, for example, this is not something you'll ever see in self-care if you Google it or whatever, but I need to feel like I know what's on my calendar in the foreseeable future. I'm terrible. A weakness of mine is calendars. I'm wretched at them. I like half the time, I probably ask my husband, Jeremy, probably three times a week, what month is it? Like, what month is it? <laughs> Still, what month is it? Because I'm just bad at it. It's not something I'm good at. But I know that weakness, coupled with my desire to feel like I know what's coming, leads me to a place where I do a daily and weekly planning practice nearly every morning, even still, because it just helps me take some of that mental clutter and put it somewhere else or satisfy it so that I don't have to be running in my mind like, wait, when was that appointment? Did I remember when that appointment was? Was it a Tuesday or was it a Thursday? Was he going to take her or was I going to take her? Like, who is going to do that? It's put to bed. So that's just one example. Like it is not a bubble bath. It's not a manicure. It's not even like a cool spiritual anything practice. But for me, I know like a quiet mind that is at ease is something that I'm going for. And that planning process and just reminding myself, nope, you've got it. You got it taken care of. You still got it. You're still fine. That is an act of self-care for me that I do every single morning, even now. And so I would encourage people who are listening to this, think about what your, like, what's your end goal? Like for me, quiet and at ease. That's how I want my mind to feel. What do you, what's your end goal and what practices and activities help you get there? When are the times you feel that way and what happened to put you in that state? Why is it that you felt that way? get more of that in. And to me, that's self-care. It's not just making my nails look nice. It's like true setting myself up so that I have the scaffolding and the support to be this full person that I want to be every day. On this show, each, you know, each episode, I, I chat with different um, interview interviewees about their practices for self-care. Like, what is it that they're doing? And it's so funny that you say that, like when you Google it, it does kind of come up as like, 
this really stereotypical thing to do every day. Um, and that's not at all what people are telling me that their self-care practices are, you know, it's, it's like you said, quiet time in the morning or it's journaling or it's meditation or, you know, these things that, that also change and they evolve as mm -hmm. we change and we evolve um, as, as humans. And, you know, you, April gave me that amazing suggestion to start the self journal, which is something mm -hmm. I know that you use in the morning. I love it because it's, it brings gratitude into my morning and it gives me the chance to look at my day. And for me, give like bite-sized to-do list items. Cause if it were up to me, I would make a to-do list for, I mean, like of 73 items like that. Yeah, and I could probably absolutely. get them done if I wanted to, but that's not, then I'm in, I am not my best self when I'm doing those 73 to-do list items. I, when I pick three or four of the very most important things that I have to get done and I write it down, I am just so much more relaxed. I am too. I am too. And something that I want to talk with people about a little bit, because I'm assuming that you probably have a lot of um, women who listen to you. And this is something that we tend to do. Um, and I just want to both acknowledge and help a little bit is I'm hearing from a lot of women right now that uh, you've probably heard this, this notion of mom brain, right? Like I have mom brain, oops, mom brain or baby brain or whatever. I forgot, or I, I, you know, feel foggy today. I didn't remember to do that thing. When I think back to being in graduate school, there was um, a specific thing that we would do to people in my, my experiments in order to cause their whole prefrontal cortex to shut down. Like what we were trying to test is their automatic cognitive responses, right? I kind of talked about some of that automatic stuff when I talked about my background. What we were trying to do is shut down their ability to really have deliberate thought, which is what we need in order to like get through a day effectively. We need to be able to have some deliberate thought capacity. So we would shut that down by filling it up with irrelevant stuff. So we would ask people, for example, you're gonna come in and you're gonna do this really involved visual task, but while you're doing the visual task that we needed them to answer automatically on, we would shut their prefrontal cortex down by making them memorize a 15 digit number. 15 digits, it's too long to you, for you to just like memorize it really quickly. You have to sit and recite it and recite it and recite it in your mind. And what happens to these people when you put them under what's called cognitive load, you put them under cognitive load and all of a sudden they're forgetful and they can't remember words and they can't like, it's the state of mind that so many of us are used to being in when we're juggling too many things and that I'm hearing from a lot of people is heightened right now because we've got too much going on. That cognitive load of just the to-do list and trying to manage too many things at once, that is what's leading to what we're calling mom brain or baby brain. There's too much it doesn't help when we're tired. It doesn't help when we are physically not supported. So we're not eating well, or maybe we're drinking more than we want to or whatever. All of those things shut that part of our brain down that we absolutely need. And so something else that I'll mention to people related to the self journal 
is that you've got that 72 item to-do list, right? Just because we picked three today doesn't mean that the other 69 are not things that we want to do. But what I've noticed and part of this planning process that's really helped for me is each of those items gets allocated to either a day or a week. So I can put those other 70 items to bed because it's like, you know what? It's okay that it's not happening today. Because I know that it's already slated for a day in the future. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to ruminate on it. I don't have to go over it and over it in my mind and clutter up that limited capacity that all of us have. I can put it to bed. I can put it somewhere else. And now my brain is free and clear. And again, calm and at ease for me to go through the rest of my day. Cause I'm like you, I'm like, load it up. I'm like, I'll be, I'll do eight people's worth of stuff today. Mm-hmm. And it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> when you talk April, I just feel way less crazy. <laughs> You're not so crazy. Up. Here's the thing. Like the fastest thing I can give somebody is self-compassion. Uh, like psychological strength takes time to build. Like a mindfulness practice takes time to work right? Like yoga, it takes time to get decent at it. Um, But the fastest thing I can give somebody is right now in this moment, I can give you self-compassion. And here's how. Most of our, I mentioned we have a lot of involuntary behavior, a lot of involuntary thought. The reason why those involuntary behaviors and thoughts happen is because you're a human with a brain. That's it. You're a human with a brain and your brain's job, first and foremost, Beyond everything else, your brain's job is to keep you alive and keep you safe while expending the least amount of energy possible. And because of that, it takes shortcuts and it runs on habit and it has limited capacity and all of those things, it threat seeks. If you're finding yourself feeling negative right now, it's because it's easier for us from an evolutionary standpoint to seek out threats because they're going to kill us. Seeking out bunnies and flowers is not going to keep us alive, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to avoid threats. So the negativity you're experiencing, the irritability you're experiencing, the mental fog that you're experiencing, um, the inability maybe to communicate the exact nuance of the feelings that you're having because it's like eight colors of paint put in the same pot and stirred up and now it just looks gray and you don't know what the hell it is anymore. All of that is because you are a human with a brain that is acting in a way that is very natural for the circumstances that it's in. So everybody should develop self-compassion right in this moment because you are not, you're not deficient in some way. You're not weak in some way. You don't lack resilience. You don't lack motivation. It isn't any of that. It's that you are a human with a brain. And that what comes from that is just a set of circumstances and responsibilities. Now you're not you don't have to you know, be victim to that. There are things we can do. And that's what we talk about with psych strength and all of these aspects of it. But like if left to its own devices, your brain will do what brains do. It's not you. It's just the organ and what it does. <laughs> oh, preach, sister. That is so, uh, so inspiring. And yeah, it's just our brain. It's just, I mean, we are, we're all human and we're doing the best we can, and we have tools that can make us even better. And, mm-hmm. and but we have to work at it. I think I, what I like about the tools that you put out there in the workshops and 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 your TED Talk and your podcast and it's that hey everybody like 
you can't just sit back and listen. Like you have to do some of this work to figure it out. Like you have to do some self-study. I mean, and that's true of yoga too. Like you can't, like you said, you can't just pop into a yoga practice and expect to be great. I've had so many awesome new students with, I'm doing some free classes online and so many new students and they're like, wow, that's really hard. And it's like, yeah, don't worry. Just keep doing it. You'll get there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, everyone give yourself grace this is the first time that we have quarantined, at least for me. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know what to, you know, what to expect or how to react. And so give yourself a lot of grace. Um, April, will you talk about this, this starter pack and, and life design and like how we can get more into the amazing work that you do, um, do some of this self-study work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, at Peak Mind, we have something called the Starter Pack. If you go to peakmindpsychology.com backslash start, this is where you can sign up for it. It's absolutely free. There's a bunch of stuff in it. A couple things that I want to note though. There's a bunch of modules that are either video or audio modules with accompanying workbooks that you can work through. Um, Like there's a life blueprinting uh, process that you can go through all these different aspects of your life and find friction points that you can start to experiment with. There's a self-identity diagnostic that's very psychology-based, like what is it in your identity and how or what is... What are the components of your identity? I don't mean wife, mother, whatever. I mean like I'm the type of person who easily makes money. I'm the type of person who doesn't speak my mind. I'm the type of person who what? It's stuff like that that you can start to see the link between your identity and your behavior And then it becomes really clear where our comfort zones come from. It's so fun. That's in there. So there's that kind of stuff. But the piece that I'm really excited about right now for the situation that we are uniquely in is Ashley uh, Smith. She's a clinical psychologist. She's my uh, partner in Peak Mind. Um, She and I got together and we said, what can we do? Because people are like really anxious and really like reeling from what's happening right now naturally. And we just decided, you know what, we've got all these tools. They're the stuff that we're doing, frankly. She and I are doing this. Like when we have business meetings, we like do this stuff to each other. But (laughs) it's these tools from the fields of psychology and life design that we have to offer. So we started hosting these biweekly, so two per week, Mondays and Thursdays, um, workshops on Zoom where you can literally join for free. All the information is inside the starter pack. You can sign up there. Um, and we just hop on with a group of people twice a week and we work through where are we at? How is it feeling? What's coming up for people? We've talked about relationships. We've talked about morning routines and setting up self-care routines, just like what you and I spoke about now. Um, we've talked about parenting we talked about anxiety and stress and thought diffusion. I mean, so many tools are in there. And if you sign up for the starter pack, not only can you sign up to join us on these live, but you literally for the time being will get the replay from every one of the workshops we've done so far. So all of those replays are there, all of like links to resources out the wazoo to help support people during a time when we're all reeling. I mean, none of us feel sure-footed right now, but the best thing that we felt like we could do is provide some of this, of these tools and techniques and information that frankly, you'd have to go to therapy or graduate school to get, and we want to make them more accessible to people. So peakmindpsychology.com backslash start is where you can go um, sign up for that. It's absolutely free. And everything that I just talked about is inside that module.
And we also have an app too. So it makes it really easy to get it on your phone. Um, and all that info is in the, in the starter pack as well. I've really been enjoying those. I think that you guys are so good at bringing in real questions that, that say we have, that the people that are participating have, but also like sharing where you're at, like that we're all, we are truly all in this together. We're doing this live time. And, um, you know, we just, it's so, if we don't hold each other up right now, if we don't do these, these things and these practices and these workshops and these yoga classes, it's going to get, it's going to get dark. So, you know, please everyone, if you can check these out, they're so helpful. Check out the podcast as well. April, will you talk a little bit about the podcast before we go? Yeah, for sure. Podcast is called building psychological strength and our big goal there, you know, I, I go out and I find the coolest people in psychology and in life design to interview. And I bring these experts, um, to, the podcast to give you a really deep dive into their area of expertise. We have been so fortunate to have had some incredible people. Um, Dr. Stephen Hayes is the creator of something called acceptance and commitment therapy. That's what's being used in a therapeutic context um, in clinical psychology right now. But what's crazy about him is he is one of the most well-cited scientists Think of all science, like all of it, geology, physics, I mean, like you name it, all science. He's one of the most well-cited scientists in the world right now. And he talked to us. Um, we speak with people who uh, are meditation experts, the founders of the company Muse, which is a, um, a EEG brain sensing, like brainwave sensing headband that helps you meditate more effectively. They've both been on the podcast. Like these incredible people who say yes to interviews because they share the same passion that we do for getting good information out to people that will literally change their lives. So we get these amazing guests and I'm so grateful every stinking day that I get to talk to these incredible powerhouses. But I'm learning from them too. So I take something away from every episode that I'm like, man, I'm going to do that differently. Wow. That was insightful. So I really encourage people. I'm on every platform. Doesn't matter. Just search for building psychological strength. I'll come up in a blue shirt uh, <laughs> and would love to have you check it out and leave us a rating and a review. That'd be amazing. Awesome. Thank you for doing this today, April. This was a, this is always a bright light to chat with you and your family, but this to really dive into all the things that you're doing right now and how it's helping people is just, it's been a bright light in my, I don't know, slow moving day today. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> well, you. I'm so glad I was really looking forward to it all day. And I love what you're doing in, you know, putting just some support around a time in people's lives and these transition points, right. That can get, um, very heavy and can feel like you lose perspective and lose yourself. And you're that center point in those inflection periods in people's lives, like when they're entering into a big relationship and moving through everything that that has to do with it. It's so amazing to have somebody like you and the work that you're doing to be that, that grounding point in that crazy storm. So I just really appreciate the work that you're doing and had such a good time today. Thank you. Thank you. You too. We will talk soon. I'm sure. Thanks again for tuning in today, listeners. If you like what you're hearing, do me a favor. Give the show a quick comment and a rating. And even better, share it with a friend. Tune in um, sooner than later for our next episode. Thanks, everyone.